Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, and I'm joined by my good friend, Aram, in Toronto. What's up, Aram? Hello. Merry Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas, man. Uh, for those of you listening, it's Christmas, and we just watched the Warriors smack the Phoenix Suns 116-107 in Phoenix in a Christmas Day game, which, I mean, I'll be honest, man, I was like, hey, I expect us to lose this game. We're down so many guys. Phoenix Suns, amazingly, I don't think they're down anybody for COVID protocols. And the Warriors came back and just smacked them, you know? Yeah. I, You know, at the beginning of the game, when they throw up the graphics of the starting lineup and they showed the Warriors, the lineup is what it is. And we've come to know some of these guys like Gary Payton II, Otto Porter Jr., uh, and they're filling in admirably. Um, and then they show the Suns starting five. And that's the starting five they had in the finals last year. So it's yeah. kind of like I was in the same boat. I was like, okay, let's just see how, let, let's put up a fight. But I think how we've always talked is if you have Steph and Draymond, you always have a chance. And this team is super interesting to watch. Uh, they're fun. Their depth is incredible and you've mentioned it a lot before um is that you take wiggins out and you can fill in a spot you i mean they've just built this roster uh with a lot more intent um and it's going in the right direction and obviously they they lucked out a little bit with gary payton they released him anybody could have gotten him (laughs) you know yeah but he was great especially in the first half his defensive intensity was awesome uh, and then Porter was the closer. This was a great game. I I had so much fun watching this game, and 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 also because you know the Warriors haven't had much, and Curry haven't had much luck on Christmas. So this was a nice change of pace. It was a great surprise. Yeah, I just had so much fun watching this. Yeah, I mean for all y'all listening, so the Warriors were missing. Andrew yeah, take Wiggins. a deep breath. It's a long list. <laughs> yeah, Andrew Wiggins, Jordan Poole. And Moses Moody due to COVID protocols and Damian Lee. I can't forget him, even though I always apparently do. All caps. Damian Lee. (laughs) And then, of course, they're missing Andre Godala. He was sitting out just kind of maintaining his knee issue. And then you have Clay Thompson and James Wiseman. And I was like hoping that the Warriors would win, of course. But pragmatically speaking, I was like, hey, if the Suns win, then it is what it is. This just affects the standings the head-to-head matchups, it doesn't tell me anything about which team is better. I would have still thought that the Warriors were going to be the better team no matter what. But the awesome thing about going into their house and beating them soundly is that it shakes Mm -hmm. (laughs) the Phoenix Suns. Like Those guys are going to be shook to some extent, right? Monty Williams, great coach. These guys are confident, Chris Paul, whatever. But you're still going to be shook because these are the Golden State Warriors. This game reminded me of a lot of the back-breaking Warriors-Rockets games that the Warriors mm-hmm. would just somehow, it would be a close game, and then the Warriors would just figure it out. Sometimes it used to be Steph doing it. Sometimes it was Clay. Instead of those guys, it was Otto Porter Jr. Otto Porter Jr. looked like Clay Thompson in the Western Conference Finals. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So he had he had some heat check threes in the end. There, it was it was incredible. It was awesome to watch. To me, this game is amazing because we won, <laughs> but all those dudes <laughs> were not playing. Are you kidding me? 
You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. your top rotation guys weren't in the game. You were missing two starters, two potential Hall of Famers. I say potential. Clay Thompson's definitely. And then I'm hoping Iguodala, but we'll see. Definitely his number will get hung up in the rafters someday. And then you're missing James Wiseman, you know, your number two pick from a year ago. So all things are looking up. And I've talked before the season that what the Warriors' new guys, their younger guys need are some of these tough spotlight, huge stage wins. Mm -hmm. And this is one of them. Uh, Otto Porter Jr., not a young guy, you know, 28, 29, but he hasn't really had many of these high pressure battles. Gary Payne II, also not a young guy, but also needs to have some of that experience. Bielitsa. And then you look at Jonathan Kaminga, who is one of our favorites, has been for a long time. And the way he plays, Steve Kerr put him on Chris Paul. And mm-hmm. he didn't, I don't believe he got baited into any of those trash Chris there Paul. There was one. There was okay. one in the first half. He was like 90 okay. feet from the basket. He tried to pick him up full court. But aside from that, it was pretty impressive uh, to see that size, that length. I mean, this roster, these guys really stepped up. Like you said, Bielitsa, Kaminga. Shout out to Kendari Witherspoon. Witherspoon. Uh, that dude Is it Witherspoon or Witherspoon? Weatherspoon. Weatherspoon. Uh, okay. Like Clarence Witherspoon. Gotcha. Um, but uh, he was great. Uh, he wasn't scared. Uh, no. He just, he just plugged in. I mean, uh, we were we were chatting. That Jeff Downton Jr. better look out. Because uh, this guy Chioza better watch out. <laughs> <laughs> Please. <laughs> yeah, our favorite Chioza. Oh, but man, I mean, these guys, these guys really stepped up. Uh, and, and, you know, this paired with the Memphis game, the last game that they played, um, the intensity and the focus that these guys brought, uh, it's just like you say, are saying they need these settings, these environments to show themselves, you know, what are you made of? It's easy to walk away from a game where you're, you know, you're winning by 12, uh, you hold on to the lead and, and Hey, you'll take that. But, um, but these ones that are against tough defenses, against hot teams, with great players and great coaching, you know, this is an impressive win. And, you know, after the Memphis game, Draymond talked about how badly he wanted that game. And you can't tell me that they didn't want this game either. Because, I mean, you, sure, you want all the wins you can get. But some games mean a lot more, right? Do uh, you think Steph doesn't yeah. know that he hasn't shot well on Christmas? He didn't shoot it great tonight, but he's still, you know, he scored over 30 points. Uh, he was great in the first half. So, and, and, you know, he made some clutch shots in the second half. So, you know, you can't tell me that these guys didn't want this game on this stage. Certain games just mean more. Absolutely. Like, and you want to send a message, right? Like Draymond knows that the veterans know that Steph knows that it's like, you look at the Memphis Grizzlies and they're coming up great, but come on, they're nowhere close to the Warriors at any point when they have a decent roster, when they're, when they're at full strength and same with the Suns, to be honest, it's like after the first game in Phoenix, you're like, okay, the Suns are legit, but the Warriors didn't play well. The mm-hmm. second game, uh, a couple days later, the Warriors played better, but no matter what, you're still looking at a team that is going to add a hell of a lot more <laughs> dudes. Yeah. And that second half of the season when all these guys are back, you know, knock on wood, nobody else gets injured or whatever like, for a long time. But once you add those dudes, this is a totally different team in a sense. And one thing I actually really liked about what I saw was 
we've talked about this before, like the Warriors winning culture, the championship culture, the championship DNA, and how that is starting to trickle down as every week goes by and you see this team. And looking at these dudes, they played like that, right? Mm -hmm. And Bielitsa, Otto Porter Jr., Gary Payton II, Kaminga, all those guys are affected by that. And it's crazy. Like, it totally works. Steve Kerr said a couple games ago after uh, Kaminga had a good showing that on a bad team, Kaminga has great nights like he had in Toronto. But on this team, he learns how to win. And we've all known that, right? That That's a benefit. But we're starting to see that. And also Draymond said something similar is that, you know, he believes that if they're going to go far, like this guy, Kaminga, does things that nobody else on the roster can do. And if he can reach that, uh, it's it's going to just make them even better. I mean, you talk about we're missing people, uh, people who haven't played the season yet. I mean, just think about who Kaminga will be at the end of the season versus mm-hmm. what he is right now. And an example of of this in this game, you saw how he could be a real contributor to a winning game. He won't be the star. That's in his future. But for now, what he did was contribute to winning. And you know what was also fun? It was great to see him out there. He was enjoying it. You know, like he was yeah. cracking a smile. He didn't look nervous. He didn't look shook at all. Right. Uh, so that's great to see. Like the moment's not too big. And just getting more reps against these top teams and getting up for it. Hey, mm-hmm. it's uh it's really exciting. When he got smacked in the face by JaVale McGee, he was smiling. <laughs> he got, he got yeah. his face like palmed. Yeah, that I was know. incredible. That was an incredible <laughs> foul. That's like a borderline play. Like if his leg got caught under him or if he got poked in the eye. Like, yeah, he legit just was like smiling. And most importantly, he hit most of his free throws. His free throw stroke in clutch moments. Like there were a lot of, like the whole second half was like clutch moments. And yeah. he unfazed hit his free throws. His stroke looks good. He hit a three tonight in a mm-hmm. clutch three. He was five for six from the line. I mean, we've talked about this last time. He's tracking to be the Warriors' best player in maybe four years. And that reverse layup, I mean, are you kidding me? Like, oh, you beautiful. Know, that was amazing. Like, when Draymond pointed to him to cut baseline back door, and he did, he, it may have been the the camera angle, but he was pretty close to underneath the basket yeah. or underneath the backboard and, you know, reached out and, and threw it up off the glass and as if it were nothing. Mm-hmm. Doris Burke on the broadcast was talking about the Warriors threading the needle. Let's be honest, like the term threading the needle shouldn't actually really apply anymore to the Warriors. Uh, not that it's going to be super easy, but it's not really a needle anymore you know yeah, it's yeah. like can they just balance this it's, it's not like the super impossible thing now we're seeing that it's real and for as much as you and i like kaminga before the draft in the preseason and all that stuff he's impressing me more and more because of these things that we've talked about during the season like he is taking the coaching obviously he is responding and meeting the challenge like it's not easy to be six eight and guard chris paul yeah as a rookie as a 19 year old that is something i would not have expected i expected him to make a difference a little bit later in the season and then you know like have dumb fouls like uh, (laughs) a physical rookie and he's not doing that and that's what makes him playable and so this combined with his natural skill set his shot coming along him getting reps in these moments 
him hitting his free throws, him not being as scared. It's like, well, this this team is, I mean, the depth we've talked about for so long, but like it's just deeper and deeper. I will also say too, just to wrap up Kaminga, we have said he needs to rebound better. Kerr said that, everybody said it. He only had one rebound, but it was an aggressive rebound. Uh, so I'll take that as progress. <laughs> he actually seemed to rebound well when he first started getting minutes. I don't know like why he's fallen off, but he was he was in the mix. He was going for like, you know, trying to at least tip the ball if he couldn't get his hands on it. It's not a, a you know, Westbrook Thunder thing where people are boxing out and, and right. oh, JK, you go get the rebound. You know, it's like the, the Warriors are doing great um, gang rebounding. And, and so yeah. you're not going to really see you know, one guy getting all the boards. But, you know, I, I, I was I was thinking about this game at the beginning when I saw the, the active roster, I was like, uh-oh. Because I guess, you know, I am still skeptical or maybe waiting for the other shoe to drop on Otto Porter Jr., Bielitsa. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. These, you know, there's there's reasons why they were vet minimums, right? Yeah. But, um, uh, but games like this obviously make you feel better about that. And, and you know, in the in the post game glow of that uh, of watching it, it's kind of reminding me. You know, a lot of people have talked about, oh, this team has like strength in number vibes, and that's true. Um, but at the same time, it also made me think of the 2010 Giants, um, mm. the world, the first World Series, and not not to make cross sport uh, uh, comparisons. And and that Giants team definitely didn't have anybody like Steph. But just in terms of like this kind of cast of uh misfits and uh, uh broken toys and whatnot yeah. right vet mins uh you know like jta damian lee uh gary payton these are all misfits you know mm-hmm. uh my wife was asking me about gary payton and why did it take him so long to latch on to a team and it's like you know he's on his fifth or sixth team and you know a lot of time it's about the fit like what you do well doesn't fit on what some exactly. team needs from you, you know, mm-hmm. and, and to see him just fitting in so well defensively and, and, and his defensive attitude must be rubbing off on other people as well. And uh, just to see him fitting in so well is, is awesome. I mean, it's it, so in, in that respect, you, you see these kind of like uh, misfits from, from other places fitting into that culture. And that's that's what kind of reminded me of that 2010 Giants team. So that's actually a really fair comparison. It's it's the culture, you know? It legit is. I mean, that that's what brought the competitiveness when it could have been easy to maybe, like, lay down. Like, luckily, the Warriors got out to a lead and led a lot of this game. But, yeah. I mean, Gary Payton II, I talked about this a couple episodes ago. The fact that he's hitting his three-point shots from the corner and from the wing – I mean, that's huge, right? Like his shot never looked ugly to me mm-hmm. when I heard that his shot is what kept him off of teams when he was first kind of ending up on 10-day contracts with the Warriors. I was like, oh, I expected something way worse. So props to him. And again, that's still, to me, a game changer. If all of a sudden you could throw out this defensive ace and he can hit those shots. He shoots better than Kelly Oubre did for us last year. And he'll make those putback dunks like that that yeah. that putback he had in the first half that was incredible. Like I was uh, I was cooking dinner, and uh, I looked away, and then it, I I just heard like Peyton, oh my gosh, and then they and then they they wouldn't play the replay for like for so long. <laughs> I was so annoyed, but uh, it was an incredible play, and you know he really fits so well because 
you know, the Warriors have an inverted offense, right? Where he right. can be down low. I mean, his his finishing close to the basket, aside from the dunks, he actually finishes pretty well. And, you know, for a 6'2 dude, like, he really finishes really well close to the basket. He's got, like, really nice touch. Yeah, I noticed that, uh, like, a month ago that he is just really good around the basket, period. Like, he has really, really soft touch off the backboard. And it's it's kind of amazing, too, because I expected him that if he didn't have a head of steam, that he would just get swatted a lot or would have to pass out of it. But he's really crafty at getting his yeah, shot off. Very crafty. And he obviously has way more lift just from a standing jump than most people anyway. Yeah. So And quick lift, too. Exactly. It's fast, yeah. Hockey fans, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has a no-brainer offer that'll make you a winner once any shot gets past the goalie. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores. The NHL got rid of ties in 2005, so you know someone is going to light the lamp. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, no worries. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code TBPN, throw down $1 on any NHL game, and win 100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. That's promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit, and $1 wager required, one per customer, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Watching some of these bench dudes, like watching Otto Porter Jr. and Bielitsa in particular, it made me think, would you prefer having those two guys or Nicholas Batum and Patty Mills? Assuming also that Patty Mills would probably mean there's no Gary Payton in a second. Yeah. I mean, we're a third of the way through the season. Uh, At this point, you can't argue with the results. Uh, yeah. and, and the fact that getting them on vet minimums means that uh, maybe you can get other dudes later or something like that, right? There's just more flexibility. And I think in maybe some way to them being vet minimums, I mean, and, and Patty Mills and Batum have always been like really ace uh, role players, but these guys are hungry in a different way, you know, mm-hmm. to see, I mean, Bielitsa is not, uh, physical, true five, but he's fighting out there. He's trying, and what more can you ask for? Is for a dude to just compete, right? Yeah. And and he's doing that. And you know he doesn't always make the best decision, but these guys are competing. They're fighting for their NBA lives. They're fighting to win and to yeah. be on a winning team and be a part of something. And not that those other dudes wouldn't like Mills and Batum are total pros and they're winners as well but uh but you can't argue with the results right now yeah i would probably trade bielitsa for batum (laughs) but no doesn't work for the cap though (laughs) yeah exactly but um yeah exactly i mean it it was kind of a trick homer question right it's like uh we're 26 and 6 and still waiting for the best parts of our our roster to come back and it's worked out so far. I mean, you know, you and I have talked about maybe Gasol and jettisoning yeah. the Elitza eventually, but you know, that's uh that's, that's for another, 
another day as the season. Yeah, yeah, not goes a, on. not on Christmas, Patrick. Not on Christmas. <laughs> Come on. Uh, you know, there was a great moment where um after Kaminga's, you know, up and under basket, there was a timeout and Bielitsa yeah. just like put his arm around him and like hugged him. It's like it was like, yeah. That's yeah. how you do it, you know? And yeah. that was just great. And at, I think at that point, I was like, oh, we can't cut Bielitsa now. <laughs> <laughs> I know. These guys have got something going. <laughs> He's one of us now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's fine with me, you know? Like, if Wiseman comes back and he can give you those minutes. And, you know, props to Looney. Speaking of big men. Yeah. That dude fought hard. He had, like, 10 boards. And he had that one dribble drive and i was like okay okay and doris burke was like tripping she's like whoa yo he's like you can't overlook him anymore and i was like hey, you kind of can but that sentiment uh she was speaking for us all in that like yeah. whoa looney had something in his bag and hey he's been working with uh dayan miolevich Oh yeah. Uh, so apologies for that, but you know he's showing more skills, and that's awesome to see. He had that that uh, that put back dunk after Peyton missed the layup. That was great. Um, yeah, just a great team win. And you know, speaking of of Wiseman, um, you know, because we're old school Warriors fans, so we always expect the worst. And I wasn't expecting them to win, so I was like, okay, let's let's think about. Let's put this all in perspective. We may not win on Christmas. That's okay. Think about where we were a year ago. And so actually yeah. I went back. I went back and I looked at highlights from uh, last year's Christmas game. The Bucks uh, game. Uh, the Bucks game, which was a terrible game. They lost by, you know, 20 or 30 or whatever. But I just specifically watched the James Wiseman highlights, you know? <laughs> yeah. And uh, hey, you know, I encourage all the Warriors fans to just go out and watch some Wiseman highlights. Just watch the highlights. We know it was rough last year at times, but just think about how much better he'll be now. Like, he can't be worse than those worst moments. You know what I mean? Right. Um, it's going to take some time to fold him back in. They've talked about simplifying his role, but I really believe that once he gets healthy, uh, he can really contribute to this team in smaller doses than what was expected of him last year. So, yeah. um, and just remember those coast to coast dunks, those occasional threes, the lobs and the blocks, like Ooh, that's stuff that yeah. we don't have any of that right now. And imagine that on this team. So get your popcorn ready. It's going to be exciting. <laughs> I, I'm usually not so positive. I don't know what's happening, but this is a, this is a fun time. Right? It's a Christmas miracle, man. <laughs> I'm obviously a huge Wiseman fan, Wiseman apologist, whatever you want to call it. But I mean, it's similar to what you said with Gary Payton the second. So Gary Payton the second, he didn't stick because his shot wasn't that great. Other teams didn't need him for what he could do. They needed somebody who probably needed to do more. You know, they probably needed a, a real point guard. You know, they probably needed somebody who could initiate consistently. But on this team, he fills all the needs that they need from him and more and surprisingly so. And for Wiseman in that respect, it's like they don't need him to be the star number two pick in the 2020 draft and lead this team into the playoffs. No, they have the best record in the league now again, and they need him to compete against bigs like DeAndre Ayton, like, like Jokic <laughs> and not be a liability. I've talked about this. You and I have talked about this. There's a low bar that Wiseman needs to reach 
for him to be successful this season for the Warriors and contribute in a very, very positive way. And if he just focuses on those things at age 20, 21, then that's a great starting point for the following year with all mm-hmm. this experience under his belt. If they go deep into playoffs and win the finals potentially, then it just exponentially improves his chances of reaching his his uh, his potential sooner rather than later. So regardless, I'm I'm excited for what is to come because I, I still don't think people realize how good this team will be because a lot of the national media is down on Wiseman. A lot of people yeah. are like, well, Clay might not be what he is, you know, and like, oh, Andre Godal is older. Andrew Wiggins will always revert to who he is and what he's been. But like, no, I mean, we've seen these guys and, you know, we don't know exactly what Clay's going to look like, but like we know that Wiseman actually has potential and we know that Wiggins is, I mean, Wiggins is clicking because the team, the two Warriors teams he's played on before the season were not good, right? <laughs> yeah. So it was just like playing for the T-Wolves again. And so now he's just found his groove. Mm-hmm. And to go back to uh, Otto Porter Jr. again in Bielitsa, it's like those guys in theory, you know, especially Otto Porter Jr. being injury prone. Listen, he doesn't, he he fights for rebounds that, that's been talked about in the media by reporters of how much he likes rebounding, but like he doesn't have to work as hard on offense, obviously. So hopefully, hopefully like that mitigates some of his injury proneness, you know what I mean? Because he's just spotting up. He's not getting in there and trying to have to battle too much or whatever he did yeah. before his Warriors stint and his usage is going to be lower. You know what I mean? So yeah, hopefully that yeah. that preserves some of these uh, older older dudes. Yeah, I mean with him, anytime you see an older player who used to be a better player than their current version, you know that version of them is still in there. You know what I mean? They still right. have that muscle memory. They still have those skills. Uh, you know, physically, he's certainly not the kind of lanky, um, you know, springy guy that he was before, but. Uh, he he's gained the knowledge, the experience. Uh, his shot is so much better. I didn't know he was this good of a shooter. Um, mm-hmm. So, man, I I mean, you know, just keep 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 saying it. But this team has something going, and uh, you know, I I, I think uh, I think before tonight, I was like, you know, the league has been in such a weird place, and um, you know, not to bring it down to kind of real world stuff, but real world stuff is touching the league. Mm-hmm. Um, and and to see all these all these games, you know, being postponed and and rosters being flipped over, seeing Joe Johnson back in the league, uh, <laughs> um, but uh, the silver lining is that you can have times like this where people down on your roster can step up and contribute to uh, an important game, and and hopefully you know everybody can just power through this a little bit and be safe, obviously, and healthy. Because yeah, I I want to see this team. I want to see this team in the playoffs. I want to see what they can do because as much as we're talking about the depth guys um, who will definitely help you win games, I want to see Steph, Draymond, and Clay back mm-hmm. in the playoffs with a real chance to win something because yeah. they know it's wide open. We all feel it. You know, you yeah. just look at the league. We, man, we got we got a real chance. We got a real chance. Yeah, a massive chance. I said about a month ago, I want to see something special. That's when you really dig in your heels as a fan. Yeah. And you want like, you know, 
earlier in the season, it's like, oh, this team is good. They're better than most people thought they would be. And so you're like, this is a nice ride. But now you're like really, really like invested and you're digging your heels. You're like, I want like an all-time great Warriors season. You know what I mean? And the depth lends itself to potentially something like that. And it's funny, man, because you're talking about having so many guys out. I'm like looking at the guys that play tonight. They're still better than the team that played <laughs> last year. They're still better than last year's Warriors team. Oh, those, you know? play, those play-in teams were pretty bad. I mean, just even their, oh. I mean, their depth, right? Their, their eight-man rotation by the end of last season. As long as you're rolling Gary Payton II out there instead of Michael Mulder, you know, yeah. and you're rolling Jonathan Kaminga out there, this, this team is still missing all these dudes. It's still better than who they had last year. I don't know, man. Like watching this, I t- talked about how this game reminded me of some of those Rockets game, largely because of Chris Paul, largely because they had a, they have a bunch of guys who could score. And it's not like the Suns didn't play well, you know. No, they no, like they their starting lineup played pretty solidly. But a huge thing was also the fact that the Warriors only had nine turnovers, which is to me like an ungodly number <laughs> of in a positive way. It's like, amazing. That's yeah. Amazing. I'm like, whoa, they really, really took care of the ball, but. To me, it's like, hey, you know, the basketball gods have spoken. Chris Paul can never win a title. <laughs> like, I think that's just what it comes down to for the Phoenix Suns and Chris Paul and, and whatnot. There's a handful of players in the league that you just love beating. And, uh, you know, you don't realize it until the end of the game and the handshakes and whatnot. You're like, ooh, that felt good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Would you say, would you say this is the best win of the year? Uh, considering the profile, the stakes, uh, the circumstances, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Same here. Same here. I think the games that led up to that first Suns game, for the most part, the Warriors were playing well, forming their identity. I honestly feel like they haven't played as well or as consistently since definitely. that game. Actually, the Clippers game before that. So with most people assuming because they're down so many guys that the Suns would probably win this game. And then the way that they won it and the way they kind of pummeled them at the end, mm-hmm. you know, like th- it was over. It was over with like a minute, minute and a half left. And I would definitely put that up there, especially since the Suns had the best record by half mm-hmm. a game. Mm-hmm. So it feels good. It feels good. And I was super into this game. I was watching on my laptop. Christmas stuff was happening behind me and then people would ask me things. I'd be like, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was playing board games with my daughter. And I was just like, <laughs> You're like, oh, okay, you win. You win. Take it. Take yeah. it. Yeah, sure. Well, it was a collaborative game. So, uh, so yeah. fortunately it was. there was like a FaceTime call. I was like, oh, I'll be there. I'll be there after the game. And <laughs> it's over. Well, you know, this is going to make Christmas night really nice so this was a nice surprise uh wasn't expecting it but a nice gift on christmas yeah yeah cool man well thank you for taking time out of your holiday to uh to hop on and uh and talk about this always anytime awesome well you have a good rest of your christmas day <laughs> oh it's pretty dark here <laughs> christmas they night? kept saying on they kept saying on the broadcast this afternoon i'm like It's pitch black where I am.
<laughs> All right, man. All right. Well, that's another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Patrick Epino, E-P-I-N-O, or at Oakland Warriors. Check us out at OaklandWarriors.com. And be sure to tell your fellow Warrior fan friends to tune in and listen. The Oakland Warriors podcast is produced by National Film Society and is a part of the Basketball Podcast Network. And if you're so inclined, please leave us a five-star review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and say nice stuff about us if there are reviews allowed. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> anyway. Uh, be safe and I'll see you on the other side. That's it. Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Amardo for production support. See you next time. <laughs>